0: Hi, this is Yuichi Sugita, and you're listening to ATP Tennis Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. Following another great week on the ATP World Tour, the Shanghai Rolex Masters, the penultimate Masters event of the year, the playground of the best tennis players in the world. It's the final stop of the Asia Swing and it did not disappoint. The cream rose to the top and Roger Federer continued his fantastic year with a flawless final performance. Out wide goes Nadal with a serve, gets the short ball, comes in, he's at the net and Federer passes him, fist bumps... First blood, Roger Federer takes the first game, leads by a game to love.
2: Well, how good is that?
1: Inside up forehand from Federer, the spinning forehand from Nadal. It sits up really high, another one from Nadal. High at shoulder height and it's pushed back on the backhand down the line from Federer. It goes cross court with the forehand. Now backhand from Federer down the line to the backhand cross court. Deep on the line oh. from Nadal, but a winner from Roger Federer. Walking through this match, feeling every point of this match as Nadal runs around the backhand and goes off forehand, but it drops short. And Federer hits the line and Federer comes in for a backhand volley. What a
3: Incredible control at full stretch there, Federer.
1: Breakpoint Federer, second serve Nadal, fifth game, second set. Nadal serves and Federer takes the backhand low over the net. and The inside in from Nadal is good. Backhand down the line from Federer is good as well. Forehand cross court from Federer. Backhand into the centre of the court from Nadal. Another backhand from Nadal. Cross court, the forehand down the line from Federer. Big forehand down the line from Nadal. Nadal now takes the backhand and goes cross court. And he misses! Nadal misses and Federer has broken to take a 3-2 second set lead. As Nadal serves deep into the forehand of Federer, pulls out a cross-court forehand and Lovely and deep from Nadal, and then switches the ball and goes cross-court forehand, the slice-up line from Federer, the backhand down the line from Nadal, he comes in on the overhead, he hits the overhead, but he nets the overhead, it sums up Rafa Nadal's day, and it means that Roger Federer has three championship points. 15-14, Nadal serves down the centre, it stretch on the backhand, the off forehand into the net, and is it a flawless performance from roger federer seals shanghai masters title number two his 94th career title his 27th masters title and his fourth win of 2017 out of four against world number one rafa nadal federer straight set
4: 3 things went really well for me uh, from the start uh, i felt it uh, had great rhythm off the baseline, my serve was working and then was able to mix it up as uh, as I wanted to. And then the second set was, you know, again, a good start to the second set. Uh, was able to keep Raf on the defensive and then also sometimes pull back and let him make an error of his own. So uh, um, it's a p- great, perfect match for me, really. I'm, I'm shocked how, go- how good it went this week because I really played, I felt good really from the first match. So I think it really does pay off when you show up to an event really early, which I did. I already arrived on Thursday here before my Wednesday match, and that's usually what I do before a slam. So it's nice to see that it actually does pay off and and, um I'm I'm just so, so happy that it went so well.
5: And 94 titles pitch you level with Ivan Lendo on the all-time list. It's quite a nice landmark to reach as you yeah. prepare for the last three, to- three tournaments of the year.
4: Yeah, I didn't know about that one, you know, but uh, of course, I know I'm close to 100, but still in, in a way far away because these titles don't come easy. You always have to beat such great players along the way, but uh, Um, It sets uh, great confidence for the rest of the season. I hope to play well in Basel, Paris and London if I play all three. Otherwise, of course, uh, London is my big goal for the rest of the season to win the World Tour Finals again. That would be uh, an amazing achievement. So um, I'm mentally already halfway there.
1: So there it is, Roger Federer with his sixth title of 2017. And Arvind Parv, I'm not sure what there is left to say about Roger Federer, especially Roger Federer in 2017.
3: Well, you begin to run out of superlatives, don't you, when uh, describing how Roger's uh, year has been and how how well he played in that final. It was just utter domination. I thought, I thought, uh, you know, from start to finish, he didn't put a, f- a foot wrong. Uh, the post match chat with his coach Severin would have uh, he's just kind of just done exactly what they would have talked about everything executed to, to perfection very uh, very small times in the match uh, where he, he felt a little bit of pressure just one service game I think uh, apart from that it was just, he was just bru- cruising through those uh, service games and it's uh, just allowed him to play a little bit more aggressively on, on his return games
1: Before the final started you edged it towards Federer now you can look at all the numbers and you can make a very good case for both but what is it that swayed you towards Federer?
3: Well, I just think the fact that uh, the head-to-head in, in in recent matches is uh, is good. It's been the last four times that he's beaten him three times this year uh, on the hard courts as well, and I think he's just kind of cracked that code, so to speak, uh, and how to play Nadal. Um, you know, physically, it's been really tough in recent years for Federer. But the silver lining, I think, for him is that uh, it's made his game plan. A lot more simple against the likes of someone like Nadal. It's not like thinking, well, maybe is today going to be the day that I maybe can just outlast him from the back of the court. I don't think that's a, an option for him anymore. He knows he has to shorten the rallies. He knows he has to be as aggressive and he's just got to rely on the execution being there. And that was, that was the case today.
1: You likened him at one point to sort of a mean, moody, bad Superman. He had a little bit of stubble, which we saw in Montreal. And, and maybe it's something that works because he looked so relaxed out there the very first ball.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, against his match against Del Potro, uh, you know, he, he was a lot more vocal. He was a lot more emotional out there. But I think today he, he felt like he needed to be a certain way. One final push, one last match. Uh, that added motivation, I guess, of getting his re- revenge maybe against Del Potro in the semifinals may have ad- added to all of that. And, and a lot of that match, you've got to remember that, he had no say because every time he had opportunities, Del Potro would be slamming down the serve. If it wasn't the serve, it, it was the forehand. In today, today's match, he, he just looked a little bit more in control of things and uh, he just looked a lot calmer out there.
1: It's his second Shanghai Relics Masters title. The first one was in, in 2014 and what a place for him to get another title. I mean, he has godlike status in this part of the world.
3: He loves it. He's always talked about how he loves coming to Asia, especially Shanghai. He's treated so well. He makes a, a special effort coming here earlier as as well just to, to please the sponsors and do some appearances. And that, that goes down well. It's one week for him. So he gets here, he does his thing and then he goes back and he's back on to, to European time. He gets to play pretty much the slot that he wants every every evening so it's always packed out you know it's going to be packed out when he plays it doesn't matter whether it's 9 o'clock in the morning people will make the effort to, to come and watch him so I mean, that's a thrill that, that I think will burn forever with him, that every time he sticks, he comes out in the court that people will be there to watch him and he, and he draws from that. And I, and I must admit that the walk-on for both players today was pretty special. The, the music was pumping and, and uh, the atmosphere was great. I know the roof was closed. The, the, the weather hasn't played ball this week, but it, it certainly added to, to the noise in the, and uh, the atmosphere.
1: The man he beat, Rafa Nadal, six four six three in straight sets. How will Nadal, when he's had a little bit of time, look back and, and reflect on this final?
3: Yeah, Initially, he'll be a little bit disappointed. It's only, only natural he lost a match and he was really outclassed at the end of the day. and that, That's not nice, um, but I think he will be very happy with the way he's played um, in recent weeks and months. It um, didn't look like as if the Harcourt season was going to go his way at the beginning, and uh, Montreal, Cincinnati thought, okay, he might struggle a bit. Again, it's not gone that well in, in previous years, but turned things around beautifully at the U.S. Open, played so well, and had some time off, and and uh, came out first round of Beijing, saved match points uh, against Pui, and it just it just amazes me how. He gets himself up for, for tournaments and competition play. It doesn't matter whether it's, you know, a Grand Slam major or whether it's the first round of a, of a 500 event. He plays it with the same amount of intensity. He just loves to win. So incredibly motivated. And then to make, make the final win there and, and then come here and make, make the final, he'll look back and he'll be very proud of his efforts. That's no question about that.
1: This match aside, something that a lot of people have been talking about when it comes to Nadal over the last few weeks has been his backhand and how well that's been working.
3: Yeah, it's been a huge improvement in his game and it hasn't just been in recent months. It's been a couple of years in the making, really, when he's played. He's tried to be a little bit more aggressive with it. It's always been a very solid shot. Well documented how the forehand became a little bit shaky, but he seemed to have put that behind him and he's playing with a lot of confidence off that wing. But the backhand, for me, the way he's able to to get it through the court, it's a very different shot to his forehand. Uh, The forehand's very spinny, uh, hits with a lot of angle, but on the backhand, he's just able to get it through the court a little bit more. He can also hit those power angles as well. It's always been made to soak up a lot of pressure and make those passing shots under pressure. But the aggression that he's shown on the backhand wing uh, for someone of his, of his, I guess, success and, and how much he's improved over the years, he's still making those small little differences even at, at his age and so late on in his career.
1: So the Shanghai Rolex Masters title is one that is still missing from the Nadal trophy cabinet. And while it is mathematically possible for Federer to be world number one, surely this victory, I don't keep banging on about this, but surely this victory has all but sewn up the world number one ranking for Nadal
3: you would imagine so yes uh i think that uh, feder today did did close the gap somewhat 400 points or so uh, 1000 points for the winner 600 for the, for the runner up but <laughs> i think it will take a, a minor miracle for for it not to happen i think it's just testament to uh Nadal not just having you know the, a couple of good weeks but throughout the course of the year's been so consistent uh Played in so many big finals, so many won, so many, so many tournaments. Wasn't able to win his seventh today. Unfortunate for him, but uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, number one, what what an achievement! This time last year, wasn't even on the practice court. Didn't even know whether he would be playing at the at the start of the year. Always the goal would have been Australia, but who knows? You know, he he felt like he needed his body to be back at one hundred percent because I think they they soon realise if they aren't healthy then they're fair game, aren't they? I think they, they do become a lot more vulnerable. One of the strengths that they all have, the top players have, uh, are, is the athleticism they have and how strong they are. Uh, the longevity over the, the course of, of, of tournaments and, and years it, and, and the year, it's got to be there. If you're fighting injuries the whole time, you're not really thinking about your tennis. You're You're just constantly thinking about, well, am I going to be fit enough to play now am I going to be able to win this match physically feeling 75% of my best and, and that's not where you want to be
1: other stories for you on and off the court in Shanghai and you have to say the weather will get a couple of headlines it's lucky they got a roof awful at the latter part of the week but the first few days it was so hot that John Isler looked out on his feet despite coming through his match at the time Misha Rev one of the fittest guys on tour to pull out with heat stroke as did Jack Sock
3: well you just don't Associate that sort of heat with this time of year in Shanghai, you don't really think well you know it's going to be really hot, and it's easy to just take your eye off the ball, so to speak really, I mean John is now I was a little bit surprised with his comment saying it's the hottest I've ever been, and you know he likes playing in the states, he loves playing at Atlanta, I mean his record speaks for himself there Winston Salem gets toasty there as well, humidity and and the and the the sun there, so I think um sometimes players just kind of switch off uh, and think i'll be okay and and it comes back to bite you and a, and a, and a few players uh, unfortunately that happened to
1: the subplot to these tournaments <clears throat> at the moment the race for the next gen finals the next gen is no didn't make a massive impact here in shanghai but they still have plenty to play for and they're still knocking on the door they're still saying to the more experienced players you know what we're here and we're here to stay
3: yeah it's been great all year really i mean it's been uh it's been well documented by the ATP. I think they've done a great job in promoting these younger players. The younger players are mixing it with the very best. One player in particular, uh, not mixing it, but he's very much up there and beating them. And, and uh, unfortunately for him, it, it didn't quite go his way this week. But hopefully we'll see him, Zverev, uh, in Milan, and uh, we'll see him in London. And so uh, that's exciting. And and yeah, and, uh, I think the old guard are thinking, well, OK, a lot's been made of you, you young guys, but we're not done just yet. And just showing this week that... Uh, The old guard are here to stay and and they are still playing the very best tennis.
1: And we are still scratching our heads over Nick Kyrgios, not one to dwell on, but just a reminder that he couldn't complete his match against Steve Johnson, retired after the first set and afterwards he came out. He was penalised for not going to press, but he said, look, I I had a stomach problem, I couldn't continue, the shoulder hurts. So just a little bit more frustration where the Australian is concerned.
3: Yeah, tough time of year for him. It's been a long year, Uh, last year again struggled in Shanghai shut down the year forced to shut down down the year uh, but good news is that he's down to play next week in Antwerp he's second a wild card he uh, is one of the highly seeded players, so he gets a bye so an extra day's rest and um that's good news i think i think it shows that he's in it for the long haul as well and the shoulder perhaps not as 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 bad as he, he may have thought after a couple of days rest so that that's that's positive there's no no doubt in my mind that if he can just tie everything together and, um, you know, find that consistency and that application that we see every now and then from him uh, that he could be a major winner. I mean, he has all the weapons. He he loves playing the big matches. He's shown he can beat those guys uh, in the first time of asking as well, being in those top guys um, the way he's done in, in, in previous years has been phenomenal. It's just finding that consistency in his game.
1: Now, another man who didn't have the best of weeks, but for different reasons, was the fifth seed Dominic Thiem, who lost to the surprise package of the tournament, Viktor Troitsky, but did confirm his place at the Tour Finals in London. Now, with regular coach Gunter Bresnik not in Shanghai, our reporter Matt Brown spoke to another member of his team, former top 10 player Joachim Niestrom.
6: Dominic's uh, coach, Gunter Bresnik, he he hired me for the Austrian Federation for this must have been 15 years ago Uh, he was the davis cup captain and they needed uh, somebody to take care of all the juniors so so i worked for the austrian federation uh, for five years Uh, and then after that uh, i went back to the swedish federation and then i also was five years with jürgen Meltzer as a as a coach so i knew gynti for a long time so he he needs, uh, when he doesn't want to go, he calls me or he calls uh, Gary Muller to, to take care of Dominic.
7: It's really interesting, isn't it? Because uh, there are a lot of coaches who travel full-time with uh, their players out on tour, but Dominic's arrangement is quite different. Uh, several weeks with Gunter, yourself, and of course Gary Muller. Um, and I guess that presents challenges because every coach is different.
6: Yeah, everybody is different. I, I mean, Günther of course, who... who had uh, Dominic since he was seven years old. He's, he decides most of the stuff, but uh, he gives me a pretty free hand what I can do and what I, I want to teach uh, Dominic on a trip like this. So, so I talk to Günther on and off, and we discuss his matches and maybe practice-wise what we should practice and so on.
7: And I guess, too, having different voices and different ideas can be a good thing. It's not really a case of too many cooks.
6: No, I mean I, I hope so. I mean, Dome didn't say that he, he doesn't want me to go, or, or that Gary doesn't go. So, so he enjoys it, and and uh, he's a nice, uh, nice uh, player to to travel with also, and and uh, he's a good uh, learner, and and he wants to improve all the time.
7: He seems like a very relaxed guy off the court. Uh, on the court, how would you describe him?
6: Uh, I would say it's up and down. Sometimes uh, he feels maybe too much pressure. He goes. Uh, he goes a little bananas. You don't see it, but when you see when he's talking a lot during the matches to himself, then you know that he, he, he feels a little pressure. And, and that's uh, I know Günther doesn't like it. I doesn't like it either. So hopefully he can, you know, just uh, find his his inner peace and and play at one point at a time.
7: Having a cool, calm Swedish influence <laughs> might be a good thing. <laughs>
6: I hope so. I mean, I, I, I helped him out on and off uh, the last two years and I enjoy it every week I'm with him. So,
7: What's been the biggest change in his game that you've, you've noticed in the time that you've been working with him?
6: From when we started two years ago, he's more confident now. I mean, he knows he's a good player. Uh, he has all the shots. Uh, he just needs to execute them on, a, you know, uh, on important points as well. And, and uh, he's improving. He wants to be better. He's not happy to be number six or seven in the world. So, for him, the target uh, has to be to, to be number one and win Grand Slam tournaments. Mm.
7: And so, when you look at um, obviously his strengths, he can serve incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, what about weaknesses? Because you're always looking yeah. to get better. Yeah. How, what would you identify?
6: He needs to serve better, and get more free points, and, and get a higher percentage of or first serves in. Uh, that's one of the, the things that I think he needs to improve. Uh, also his volley game, when he comes to the net, he needs to be more, you know, don't wait for the ball all the time. He has to go after the ball more. So apart from that, I think he's, he's improving, you know, from I, I haven't had him now for three, four months. So he's, he's been improving since I saw him last time or was working with him last time. So he's, uh, he's moving in the right uh, direction.
7: How would you describe your coaching style? Are you a hard taskmaster on the court? Uh,
6: not like Bresnik, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, he, he's a tough cookie, but uh, no. But I mean, Dom is, is so self-taught that he he's Günther taught him so well that he he wants to practice. He wants to practice hard. He, he knows the more shots he hits, the better he's probably going to play. So, so I think it's important for the player also to. They need to have this fire to become a good player. Otherwise, they're not going to make it.
7: And does Dominic have that fire, that belief? Do yeah. you think?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he had it the last since he came on the ATP tour and even before that. I saw him. I saw him when he was eleven, twelve years practicing in in Vienna when I was working with uh, with Jurgen Melzer, and you could see that this guy, he was when he's on the court, he's he's there hundred percent.
1: It's an interesting one, Dominic. Team, we know about his reputation on clay we know he plays a ridiculous amount of matches per year and it can be a little bit struggle at this time of the year but he's in danger of people starting him to put him in that box of he's exceptional on clay he's okay everywhere else
3: yeah and that's not where he wants to be really I think uh, he has made some great improvements on the hard courts and in and uh, on the indoors Uh, again it's been another uh, jam-packed season for him and Maybe it's just suffering with a bit of a little bit of tiredness as well. You've got to remember these guys are young as well. They're they're always learning. Um, I guess the 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 upshot of losing early is that you do get a little bit of rest as well, and you do you're able to, to freshen up. And uh, you know, go into tournaments fresh because that's the last thing you want to do is, is to start tournaments tired. Start different swings of the year tired. You know, the indoor swing now coming really important for for all the players. Such big events, and uh, you got know, that crescendo in London that he has booked his spot in. So that's a big relief. He can he can focus really on a schedule that he knows now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think with his game star, I think clay will always be the favourite surface for him and i think he's just got to learn to be a little bit more aggressive a little bit more proactive on the quicker courts and and do it when you know he's under pressure because it's so it's it's so easy to to slip back into that default mode where you feel comfortable and for him it it is a couple of meters behind the backhand relying on those big strikes and you can understand that because he can hit winners from anywhere in the court but when he is perhaps feeling a little bit tired, he's feeling a little bit nervous, that's when you've got to almost force yourself to say, no, I'm not going to step back. I've still got to be aggressive. I've still got to be able to try and dictate the points. And that's a balance that he's going to have to, to still work on.
1: Clay will remain his best service. But for you, does Dominic team have all the weapons to become, and we stress again, he's still young, a great all-court player?
3: Yes, there's not a doubt in my mind that that, that is possible due to his age. He's got a great team around him. Um, Gunther is one of the most experienced coaches out there. He's worked with some incredible champions. He's a hard taskmaster. He won't let you get away with anything. And I think Dominic is very driven himself. You see that with the way he practices, what you read uh, of him in the press, his 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 interviews, what you see um, on the match court as well. He has all the tools. You know, he's got so much power. He's 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 strong. He's quick. It's just being able to be a a bit more proactive, a little braver at times um, in matches.
1: The Dominic team has qualified for London. There are still places up for grabs in London. And the race is also still on for the under-21 players to qualify for the next-gen ATP finals, the inaugural tournament being held this year in Milan in November, a week before the tour finals. And one man who lost in Shanghai to semi-finals Juan Martin Del Potro, but who is second in the race and he's so close to qualifying, is the Russian Andrei Rublev, who also spoke with Matt Brown.
0: Well, I feel really happy, and I feel that it's uh, still a long, long, long road, and uh, I need to be ready for this long road. I need to work harder than before. I need to pre- to to take care of my body, to prepare my body f- to, to compete with the top players, and we'll see what's happened.
7: What are the key reasons for your rapid success since
0: June? I mean, it's tough to say for the last uh y- one year and a half i've been working really hard with the in uh, spain and uh, i feel that i, w- I was on the right way i feel that i'm improving but something was uh, not going on uh, i was losing many matches especially last year and but I, I feel that on the practice everything is fine that i'm improving i'm not uh, doing something wrong I w- so I, I guess i was uh, waiting for the moment, and now this all that I was working all the half one year and a half now it uh, shows up, you know.
7: In terms of your game, you hit the ball very hard. Um, what do you see as your strengths at the moment, and uh, and what do you see as the areas that you are most keen to work on and improve?
0: Yeah, the, I think that one of my uh, good sides is that. Uh, I can compete with uh, all the players uh, I can uh, yeah and the thing is <laughs> sometimes for me it's tough to find this rhythm if I don't really feel well uh, the ball is tough to find but it's, if I feel uh, well the ball or uh, I fi- suddenly I find the rhythm then it's really t- uh, it's really tough t- to play with me because I can compete with everybody and of course there is many things to improve I'm still uh, not that good with the physical. I'm still not that good with some serves, returns, uh, some couple of shots. That uh, I guess it's really it's really good that I have a lot of things to improve.
7: Tell us about your run at the US Open through to the quarterfinals, where you uh, had some tremendous results, played some great tennis. So what what has that done for your confidence, uh, and uh, what was the experience like?
0: Uh, well, the US Open been really good for me. Uh, it's uh give me a lot of motivation give me a lot of confidence uh, especially when uh i compete with uh, so good players and uh i had really good matches and uh yeah i was really happy at that time but now is next uh, tournaments now it's uh, everything this everything in past so now i'm looking forward to for the end of the season to do as, uh, as best as I can and to tr- to try to give my maximum and I will be ready for pre-season.
7: In terms of um, getting into tennis uh, how did you get involved in tennis when you what are your what are your early, earliest memories of the sport?
0: Uh f- to be honest uh, I had these questions many times and I don't remember when my when was my first time on uh on a tennis court because my mom was tennis coach and even when I was a little kid uh, I always was there on a in a in a court on a court uh, with her I don't know just sitting there uh, then starting to walk there you know and that's how it's everything uh starts and yeah
7: one of the things coming up towards the end of the season is the ATP inaugural next-gen finals in Milan, and you were right there, you are second in the race, uh, almost certain we would think uh, if you stay nice and fit and healthy to be there. Are you looking forward to, to that tournament, and I guess playing um, the format, the, the interesting elements that have been introduced, the four-game sets, uh, uh, what do you think of all that? Uh,
0: f- I mean, first of all, of course it's a great event and I would like to, yeah, I mean, of course I would like to play there to, to see my level, to compete with the best uh, next generation players.
1: Everyone you speak to about the next gen, they love the idea, they love the players involved, they love the changes that they're going to be trialling. And for these guys, 21 and under, you speak to a few of them, I spoke to a few at the start of the year, this was their goal. Their goal was to qualify for Milan.
3: And you can understand why, because... To be part of something for the first time is exciting, and you know it's going to be a great event. It's going to be well represented by the fans. They're going to get out there with the rule changes. That's that's exciting, um, you know. So you know, and, and plus we get to see all of those young spl- young guys in the same tournament, mixing it, you know, for the week. And so you're really going to get a good idea of where their games are at, and you can start to compare. You know their, their play and and the strengths and weaknesses. So I think it's nice to have that that goal at the end of it. That that goal at the start of the year. This is what I want to do. These are the certain milestones I want to want to want to reach. And and that Milan tournament, Next Gen Finals, was certainly a goal for all those those younger guys. And and then you just strip it back and you look at the process goals. Okay, what do I have to get there? Do to have to get there not only physically, mentally, but also the matches and you've got to work your schedule around, around it. So I think it'd be very satisfying for those guys that do make it to, to, to duke it out.
1: Looking at the race, Sasha Zvereva is qualified for both Milan and London. The top seven automatic. The eighth is a wild card awarded to an Italian uh, via the means of a playoff. Only Karen Kashinov out of the top eight at the moment is not entered into a tournament next week. Moscow, Stockholm, and These guys are going for the points just out of the place at the moment. Daniel Medvedev, Francis Tierfo. To have a character like Francis Tierfo it looks like Denis Shapovalov who came to the fore in Montreal will be there. These are some great characters and the great thing is it's the focus, the spotlight will be on them that week, overshadowed by Rafael Nadal, Roger <laughs> Federer. That week, it's all about these guys. Yeah,
3: it would be interesting to see how they deal with the pressures as well, because uh, let's face it, you play someone that's so much better than you as far as what they've achieved in their rankings, that the pressure's off and you can go out there and play. And now all those players, are, apart from Zverev, are very similar on any given day. They can, they can beat each other, Zverev, uh, ahead of the pack for obvi- obvious re- reasons. So... I don't think we're going to see a poor match there at all. I mean, the names that you have just rattled off, all exciting players. I think selfishly, for me, I hope TFO makes it there. He's a great character. He's going to be great for the sport. Such an explosive player. But if he's not, then you've got so so many solid Russians. I mean, they just seem to be off a conveyor belt at the moment to Russian tennis. They're doing well. Uh, But it's going to be exciting. Can't wait for it.
1: And you can hear every match, every ball here on Tennis Radio. So we look forward to your company with that one on ATP Tennis Radio. Now, one of the stories coming to the Shanghai Relics Masters was the emergence of 17-year-old Chinese player Wu Yibing. Now, the US Open junior singles and doubles champion was happy to be part of the tournament by way of a wild card. He faced Gilles Simon in the opening round.
8: For me, it was great experience. And I can finally play lots of great players. And I enjoy a lot. The way he plays, I think I can learn a lot. I think I'm a little bit nervous, and because this z- stadium, it was, it was so big and I got a little bit confusing inside. And after I tried to recover my tennis with my serve and baseline, tried to hit more rallies. I, I think I'm doing well in some, some shots, yeah. For those people that haven't seen you play, how would you describe your game? I think I like to play more baseline and I want to go more volleys. I try to fast my rhythm and I try to move my opponent move. Yeah.
7: Have you modelled your game on anybody else? Watching as, as a young kid growing
8: up, is there someone that you think, I want to be like him? Mm, no, actually, because I, I want to like make my style, so I want to my my point in tennis, yeah.
7: You became the first Chinese player to win a U.S. Open
8: junior title uh, in singles and doubles. Just tell us about the experience in New York. Mm, that was great. At first, I didn't think I can win both. I try to keep my focus on singles, but well, day by day, I, I think maybe I have chance to win both. And after I win doubles, it's lot of confidence for 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 me in singles final. So yeah.
7: You're seventeen. How has that experience and what you achieved? changed your life
8: i think i I don't think this changed my life but i think was great moment of my life yeah and i i try to picture my future like i can be better after this good result and Mm. i think if i working hard i have chance yeah
7: you started tennis at a very young age i think you were four when your parents got you involved what what are your earliest memories
8: of playing tennis that was losing weight, I think <laughs> because I, I'm a little bit fatty <laughs> when I'm young, and later i I got a uh, Jojiang team, it's like promised team mm-hmm. they they p- led me to play like professional tennis and finally i I play professional tennis for me it's It's like one of my dreams, mm-hmm. and I'm on the way, I think
7: and you were taken out of china at a, at a very young age too to go and I think you went to academies in Spain, yeah. Uh, so whereabouts did you did you sort of learn your skills on the clay courts in Spain?
8: Uh, actually, I don't really like clay courts, <laughs> but I try to learn and I try to adapt. And my my coach let me mm, practice more on clay because he said it's very useful for junior players, and it's nice to working on patience, mm-hmm. working on full work on that. And I I think yeah, if I have chance, I I will go to Spain again. Yeah.
7: When you look at the growth of tennis in Asia, we know what Kei Nishikori has done, yeah. and, and Sugita coming through in Japan. There are players, um, you know, coming through in lots of different Asian countries, and, and in China, you are the next big thing. Uh, how do you deal with the
8: expectation? I think from the player, you you tell me Nishikori and Sugita, and sing I can learn so many things from them, the fast rhythms, fast legs, mm-hmm. and. I think the the different in Asian players, they have different talent. Maybe the European player is more bigger, but I think we, we got like some skill, some rhythm, yeah, mm-hmm. advantage. Yeah.
7: What do you think are the things that you have to do? Uh, is is it a case of being more physical? Uh, do you need yeah. to develop that side of your game?
8: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to working so hard in the gym because when I play with like when I play in juniors. It's a lot of players like don't look like juniors. <laughs> They're so strong. and I feel like my power in baseline is just enough, but in serve and return, that was like big distance.
7: And where did you learn English? Because a lot of Chinese kids your age probably don't speak much English. Was that when you went overseas to, uh, to Spain yeah. or just out on the uh, junior tour?
8: We have a like, uh, class for English, and sometimes my mom teaches me because she has a very nice university. And I try to talk with my foreign coach because I, I'm not shy. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah. So my coach also tell me about how to learn English, some technique. <laughs>
7: what other uh, interests do you have outside of tennis to get the balance between your work, which is your tennis, and, and your play?
8: Uh, I like music and basketball. Yeah, I, I enjoy to watch NBA. Yeah.
7: I hear you're a good singer. Can you give can you give us a can you give us a demonstration here on ATP Tennis Radio? What? No. <laughs>
8: what sort of music do you like? I like Chinese Chinese music, yeah. yeah. Okay.
7: Yeah. And and NBA a basketball what's your favorite team?
8: Uh, I, I like Sunder, Sunder team, yeah. but my favorite player is, is Duran. But Kevin uh, Durant, i you know, <laughs> Confusing. <laughs>
7: All right, great. And uh, in terms of your your schedule from here, then, so you've had this experience uh, in Shanghai at the Shanghai Rolex Masters. Uh, what will you do to finish the season?
8: I want to play like more more seniors' tournaments, like Challenger, or if I have chance, 250, if mm-hmm. possible, yeah. And I try to go to Europe to get more level to enjoy it there because. I think it's more level in Europe than in China now. So if I want to improve my tennis, it's better to go out of China.
1: It's a lovely story, this about Wu Yibing. Now, for so long, we've been talking about Lina. On. Recently, someone spoke to Lina about Wu Yibing following his success at the US Open. And she said it's so good because we're getting the players coming through on the women's side of things. But it's great now for the Chinese men to have a young player of his quality, sort of sticking his hand up in the air and saying, look at me.
3: And that was one thing that I was left scratching my head uh, for a while. It's actually, why has it happened, happened on the women's side, but not, not on the men's? It's, you know, they, you know, healthy budgets in China. They invest a lot in their sport. They, they invest a lot in tennis and uh, opportunities are there. Academies, lots of courts as well. They get some foreign influence as well. Some of the best coaches in tennis have worked for the Chinese uh, Federation. Um, so rightly so, they're excited. Haven't had a player at the top of the game uh, and perhaps this this is the one I mean the expectation levels are huge that's the downside for these young players but this is where his team come into play his management companies come into play that you know they can protect them from a, a lot of that and just let the player develop he's already won a professional tournament on the Challenger Tour so things have gone very well since the US Open junior success which which is good but you've got to be patient with these players we've seen how high the level of tennis is right now and, and that the older players aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So they're playing longer, so you're having to play the more experienced players. And someone like him, being a young player, kind of fresh off the junior tour, he's seen as a good good draw uh, in professional tennis. He's like, right, okay, this guy's not coming with that much experience. He's going to be a little bit nervous, intimidated. So he's got to be able to learn to deal with that. He's going to have to play some more matches, perhaps at futures levels and challenges levels, build that confidence, and more importantly, ultimately develop the game, develop some weapons, and uh, hopefully, in time, he'll you know he'll be mixing it on the main tour.
1: Now, throughout the week on ATP Tennis Radio, we were we're very lucky, we're very privileged to be joined by some of the great and good of tennis.
5: You know what? We've seen some pretty awesome veterans this year, Roger, Rafa, but. I reckon it's going to be uh, an American. It's pretty unknown. Ryan Harrison, he's the future of American tennis. He's been so good so far in his whole career. Uh, so, he's, I mean, he's definitely going to win. He's going to win multiple grand 10,
7: 15, 30 grand slams. It's going to happen. Well, thanks very much for your time, John McEnroe, on ATP Tennis Radio. Uh, let's, uh, if you can move out of the chair and we'll just welcome in Wait, we'll admit the man himself. You're throwing me out? <laughs> We're throwing you out because a certain Roger Federer is about to step into the booth here. Uh, Roger, two Grand Slams this year, phenomenal, winning the Australian Open, Wimbledon, 19 Grand Slams, and you come back to Shanghai for the first time in a couple of years.
5: Is it 19? Sometimes I lose count. No, look, it's great to be here. Uh, it's great for everyone to see me here. I know, uh, I know, I've got enormous number of fans around the world, and um, look, you know, you, you guys are welcome to have me on.
7: You like the, the courts, the way they're playing at the moment out here. You've been here a few days practicing.
5: You know, it's great, I have to say, and. Uh, Look, you know, I'm very, very excited to win on on Sunday, winning the final. So uh, I'm really looking forward to adding another trophy to my collection.
7: Thanks very much, uh, Roger, for your time as always. Let's uh, let Roger step out and welcome in his nemesis, some would say, Rafael Nadal. World number one in incredible form this year, of course. has just played a fantastic final in Beijing. Rafa, how are you feeling coming into Shanghai?
5: Well, first thing I want to say thank you very much for this. No, I um am... I'm playing well at the moment. I'm trying very hard to put myself in a fantastic position on the court. So it's going well. I'm feeling calm and I have brought my water bottles into the booth today and they're all in the right position. So I am okay.
7: Thanks very much for your time. Rafael Nadal, good luck this week. John McEnroe, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Josh Berry, well done. Uh, (laughs) Fantastic. You are, of course, a comedian, uh, a terrific impersonator. How long have you been doing this?
5: Quite a while now, uh, since I was about sixteen. So five years ago, in twenty thirteen, I started.
7: Okay, and uh, at tennis, uh, have you been to other tournaments and and had an opportunity? Because it must take a lot of practice to uh, to hone the skills, particularly around you know the tennis players. There is so much variety, aren't there, in terms of accents and.
5: There, are, there certainly is a lot of variety. It's good in a way because there's so much media coverage of tennis. After every single match, players give interviews, uh, and that's pretty unique, I'd say, in terms of in terms of sports. So that's great for me. I always, you know, you're always listening to these people, and, uh, and I'm a tennis fan, so I listen to them a lot.
7: And we know a couple of those players that uh, are not here this week, but you're very good with a guy like Novak Djokovic. Uh, let's hear, let's hear something uh, from Novak.
5: Well, uh, I think that you know, with with uh, with Novak. It's not so much about uh, what he says but more the sort of uh, size in between, everything is going really badly right now and uh, he's like a deflating balloon just getting more and
7: more deflated the whole time on the court. Players are one thing, but what about the commentators? And Robbie Koenig, um, ATP Tennis TV commentator, is here in Shanghai this Oh, weekend.
5: just stop it. You don't even need to go further on. It's just incredible, the tennis we've got here. The
1: Shanghai Masters, I love it. It's been a really good week. I'm going to get your highlight. I like to give a highly commended. I think for me this week, it's the DJ because had to do a wonderful... It's a 14,000-seater stadium, the main one. So that's, you know, it's a lot to fill when it's not full from the early stages. We had Vivaldi, we had Spice Girls, we had ACDC. So I think they get highly commended for getting everyone going and really changing things up. Would you agree with that?
3: Yes, always excellent in Shanghai, actually. Uh, The DJ's got it spot on. I I think uh, he can really... Get rev the fans up and get the players going as well. So the walk-ons we've seen all week uh, have been been excellent with the dry ice as well. They've done a great job, and players will really appreciate that. It's small little touches like that players really enjoy because you know a tennis tournament is a tennis tournament. At the end of the day, you're there for the week, you're there to play. But everything around the matches, it, 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 it just wants to play. It makes the players want to come back because it, you know they've had such good experience.
1: Right, your highlight of the week in Shanghai of.
3: Well, I have to, I have to go with a match because that's what we've been doing. Watching a lot of tennis, and it has to be the final for me. Gigi, uh, you know, I'd like to say maybe it was one other other match uh, within the tournament. But we saw the best match of the week. I think the final. It was the final everyone wanted to see. Fans, organizers, everyone involved, and just the the level that Federer was able to bring because he wasn't playing at his very best coming into into the final. It was a bit up and down at times. Um, some his doing, some, some his opponents doing. But from the very first point, it, he was electric and he was just able to keep it going for just over an hour. It's brilliant.
1: Avampara, a pleasure to have you with us this week for the Shanghai Rolex Masters. And next stop for you on the tennis circuit is...
3: For me, it's Antwerp. Next week, uh, 250 event, three events next week, Moscow, Stockholm, but I'm, I'll be covering Antwerp, and we've got David Goffer playing there, so a lot up for grabs for him still. would like to sign and seal his place uh, in London, his home tournament, and uh, Nick Kyrgios there as well, so that's where I'll be.
1: A lot of tennis still to be played between now and the end of 2017. But from a Masters point of view, they now move on to Paris in a couple of weeks' time. Then it's Milan for the next-gen finals, followed by London for the Tour Finals. And ATP Tennis Radio will be with you all the way. But for now, we are going to leave you with the highlights from a fantastic week in Shanghai.
2: Goes up the line as Chung reacts with a stunning backhand down the line. Follows it with a huge fist bump, and right, so... Wow!
1: Down the line goes Shardy, and up the line for a winner. And a fist bump goes Woo. He has broken Shardy the fourth time of asking.
2: Into the Dimitrov forehand corner. Good recovery from Dimitrov. Down the line, Harrison. A very high ball from Dimitrov is going to land in. Harrison stops and smashes off the bounce, and the rally goes on. Drop shot by Harrison. Forehand from Dimitrov comes into the net, plays a back,
1: and volley behind it. Great point. 5-4, 40-30 match points, serves out wide, backhand return into the middle of the court, the off forehand, the stretch in the backhand Diego Schwartzman, a short ball for Federer, should put this away, pushes it down the line, tries to go for the pass and he gets the pass! Diego Schwarzman to save match points! Backhand
5: from Zverev, backhand again from
1: Zverev, down the line goes Del Potro on the backhand, that's good, but Zverev is there, he goes to the same place, another glorious backhand down the line from Juan Martin Del Potro...
2: Goes to the backhand of Federa. Slides short. Dolgopolov improvised forehand. Federa down the oh. line with a drive volley. Oh my goodness, two utterly improvised shots.
1: Down it goes. It's big. It's just and not it's quite, it's quite in court weeks. from John Isner. The big pump for the up. bicep Six from Viktor Trojczyk, which indicates that he is through to his only second ever ATP Masters 1000 quarter final. It's a big week. The Victor Choitsky.
2: Again, the backhand from Nadal goes cross court, forehand down the line from Dimitrov. What a shot! What a recovery from Nadal! Now Nadal with a forehand, but he sprays it wide! A half volley from Dimitrov. Oh, such touch again! Because that was a magnificent get by Nadal on the run. Dimitrov goes cross court, but a brilliant! Forehand winner from
1: Potro. The lob goes up from Del Potro, oh that's good. Between the legs goes troisky the ball will land in. The forehand inside in from Del Potro, another forehand from Del Potro, down the other wing, the backhand stretch of Troisky up the line, the forehand cross-court from Del Potro, the squash shot into the net from Viktor Troiski.
8: Well,
2: Point of the match, no question about that. Forehand chop return, Gasquet's at the net now, Federer looks to pass him with a lob. Three. Oh, wow, wow! Backhand from Federer, that's going to fall just inside the baseline. Forehand from Federer, rocking back. Wrong rally here, developing. Backhand cross-court from Federer. Gasquet drawing Federer out wide. Now goes to the backhand. Federer reacts and goes down the line with his backhand. Forehand from Federer down the line. Drawing guard from the ground. Brushes the top of the net. Federer goes to it. And Gasquet sprawling onto the ground, trying to get to that uh, forehand. And it is Federer's point. Forehand cross court into the corner from Del Potro, opening up the
1: court, so he slices cross court. Federer's onto it, at the backhand of his own cross court, a double hand up line from Del Potro is good. And cross court get from Federer's better, and Federer goes backhand cross court, short ball for Del Potro, who steps into that backhand, it's inside in from Federer, it's cross court for the winner! On the forehand side from Juan Martin Del Potro!
2: Great hitting from Cilic. Forehand return from Cilic deep to Nadal's forehand and another crunching forehand from Cilic. Cilic now goes cross court. Forehand from Nadal down the line. The electric full stretch. Backhand from Nadal. He's hanging on in there, Cilic, to the slice. Backhand from Nadal. And that's fought right on the baseline. Cross court swatted back by Nadal. Running onto the forehand. Thundered away by Cilic, who roars at the crowd and his team. Two set points saved. Comes down the middle. Right now, Nadal moves up. He's up the net. Has to play a little drop volley. Oh, and he roars. This match has sprung it to life.
1: Federer serves out wide, very deep return from Nadal, but great reactions from Federer on the forehand, the inside out forehand from Federer, the spinning forehand from Nadal, it sits up really high, another one from Nadal, high at shoulder height, and it's pushed back on the backhand down the line from Federer, it goes cross court with the forehand, now backhand from Federer down the line to the backhand cross court, deep on the line oh. from Nadal, but a winner from Roger Federer. Federer hits the line and Federer comes in for a backhand volley, oh, what a backhand volley from Roger Federer. Incredible control
3: at full stretch there, Federer.
1: Championship point number two for the world number two, Roger Federer. 15-14, Nadal serves down the centre at stretch on the backhand. The off-ball hand into the net, and that is it. A flawless performance from Roger Federer seals shanghai masters title number two his 94th career title his 27th masters title and his fourth win of 2017 out of four against world number one rafa nadal federer straight set 6463
4: you're listening to atp tennis radio available on the official websites and apps on TuneIn and itunes